It's all backing up between junctions 6 and 5 anti-clockwise at Cluckett Lane Services. Avoid it if you can because no one's going anywhere anytime soon. Just like our Charlie traffic. Next up, it's Chris Ree with The Road to Hell. Charlie Bold placed her meal deal on her desk and declared it was officially lunchtime. Her announcement was not made to the vast and shiny industrial-style open-plan office, but to herself, in her head. If no one expected you to speak, no one would be listening. And even if she did talk out loud, she'd never be heard above the banter and egos at Orbital FM, the only radio station dedicated to the M25 motorway. Besides, for most of the millennials here... Their bento boxes and baguettes, salads and wraps were demolished by mid-morning. They were either feeding hangovers, unfamiliar with the concept of delayed gratification or too mad and crazy to stick to convention. Charlie, though, always waited until she was back from the studio's 1pm bulletin when she handed a script of the latest travel information to the DJ, who'd read it out before the news and weather. With a full stomach, she'd be sluggish, when she came anywhere near a bright red on-air sign, she needed to be alert so she could react to any possible rug-pulling. She knew only too well how tears of bitter disappointment played havoc with the fader button on a broadcasting desk. Not that she told anyone that was why she stuck to her ritual. Not that anyone really mentioned it anymore. It was old gossip. Apart from Zoe who occasionally dared to make hopeful noises about Charlie possibly going out with her for a bite or deviating from her same daily choice from boots. But why would Charlie risk having something else and not liking it? She knew where she was with her Simply Ham sandwich, which she now liberated from the cardboard by the nine times out of ten reliable top left-hand corner. Next, she perfectly pinched apart a packet of Walker's ready-salted crisps and unscrewed a no-bits orange juice, leaving the cap on in case of spillages. She checked the time on the huge green-figured digital clock on the news desk wall at the far end of the room, noting it was 13.07, as it was every day when she sat down to eat. But she felt neither pleasure nor boredom, just relief. She had been able to do her job satisfactorily, minus any unexpected curveballs, which would have thrown her out of her comfort zone and into danger. Some craved the spotlight, but she would rather stay in the safety of the shadows. And that was fine, she told herself, as she tucked into the adequate wholemeal sarni. Totally fine, because there was a place for everyone. Even here, in competitive dog-savage-dog London, because while Orbital FM's award-winning cheeky chatter and bouncy beats keeping you moving, even when your wheels aren't, was the filling, their half a million listeners also tuned in for the four times an hour bread-and-butter updates of junction closures and tailbacks, accidents and speed restrictions. And that was down to Charlie, leading its coverage of all 117 miles of the circular road across five counties and 31 junctions. A slurping sound approached, and Charlie saw Zoe wiggling towards her from the service station, the kitchen area made up of retro booths, American fridge, posh coffee machine and a Nutribullet. Her scarlet lips were puckered on a straw of just-whizzed, murky-brown liquid, signalling a new phase of cleanse that would last as long as the Big Mac she'd wolf down tomorrow. "'Let me guess, babe,' Zoe said, 
her eyebrows disappearing under the bangs of her sleek black shoulder-length bob. Mediterranean roasted eel with pig trotter hummus today, is it? Charlie offered her uniform sweet smile. Oh, do piss off, she said in a low voice, which only her friend could hear. Zoe cackled more than generously as she slid onto her chair. She understood Charlie wouldn't dream of talking like that, or of even talking to anyone else. But then, having worked together for eight years, she knew how high Charlie's rising star had soared when she was full of life, and how far she had fallen two years ago, how introverted she had become. To the rest, the dynamic twenty-somethings, she was a shy and quiet has-been on the road to nowhere, not to mention ancient at 33. She was pitied too for her career collapse, the memory of which still made her toes, legs, in fact her entire body curl with humiliation. If only there was a serum she could apply to her brain, like the one she doused on her corkscrew blonde hair before she tied it into a straight jacket of a plait. Mind you, being tucked away in the corner next to media sales, monitoring the jams and crashes, diversions and dropped loads, was quite good for that.